Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, and here's your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Wow, what a great intro. I love that music, and I love the sunshine. It's a beautiful day. It's March 10th, 2022, here in downtown Columbia at WKOM-FM. This is the Big Yellow School Bus, brought to you by Caledonian Financial. Today I have some great guests with me. Um, I have, I'm going to start out with the owner of the radio station. I have the owner and operator, Mr. Delk Kennedy, with Kennedy Broadcasting. Welcome, Delk. Good morning, Jack Cobb. How are you doing today, man? Man, I'm great. I'm so glad you could come on the show. I, I know every time I see you and I walk through the uh, office here, you, I'm like, are you going to come on the show? Are you going to come on the show? And today's on the show. Um, Delk, we're going to talk a little bit about what, what are the amazing things this radio station is doing in this community. Well, it, thank you. It's, it's thank you for really, saying that, because that's what we intend to do, is to serve the community. It is amazing. You know, and and many people that know me know that I have many hats. I mean, I work oh, yeah. full-time at the school district. But hey, I'm you got an, me giving blood every two yeah, months, Jack. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I'm an advocate of uh, blood assurance, and uh, um, I really, really like to promote that also. <clears throat> now, my other guest on the show today is Miss Sheila Hickman. Hickman. Welcome, Sheila. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and I, too, am so proud of what Delk and Mary Susan have done with the radio station. It's Thank almost, you. Has, it's had a renaissance. It's <laughs> Thank a, you. You lease on life. Thank you for saying that. I, I really appreciate it. Hey, Delk, t- explain to our listening audience a little bit about the two um, stations you have. One is a pretty far-reaching station, and the other one's primarily a local station, Correct. Well, I, I guess it just depends on how you define your terms. I mean, uh, these two stations, WKOM, WKRM, are the um, they're they're the flagship stations of of Southern Middle Tennessee, Murray County. They're the legacy stations. They're the I think WKRM was the first uh, started out as an AM station. Uh, it's now FM one hundred three point seven. Uh, it's seventy five years old, and I. It, it may be the oldest in Southern Middle Tennessee, and that's the one we're broadcasting on today. Correct. Okay. And uh, WKOM, I think, is probably, I know, was the first FM station in uh, Murray County. And uh, maybe for, you know, I don't know of any others in southern middle Tennessee that are older. Uh, WKOM, I mean, 103.7 WKRM uh, basically reaches the county line. It'll give you a good, clear FM signal, night and day, all weather. Uh, 101 FM. Uh, WKOM will cover Murray County and all adjoining counties. That's uh, Williamson, Lewis, Lawrence, Giles, Marshall counties. Uh, it makes it a torch of a rural FM station. There, it, there, there are half a million people living in Murray and adjoining counties. Now, that's that's a bigger audience than a whole lot of metropolitan radio right. stations have. I know and, I've listened to the station all the way to Nashville. And, oh, and I they, love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. When I, I live on Carter's Creek Pike, so when I go up toward the Galleria or toward Hillsborough Road to go to Nashville, it used to just fade away. When you got about to Duck River Ridge, right. it was gone. But now I can just keep listening. There you go. <laughs> uh, if I may interject and ask uh, a little bit for sure, this this is uh, Coach Mike, the engineer. Um didn't doesn't WKRM also simul? We still have our AM presence, don't we? For those people that, or did it? It's did we out, kind of let it. 
it's out there if you even have an AM radio. Yeah, if anybody still got uh, one. Uh, I mean, it, the FCC regulations require us to keep it. I, I don't. I think we simulcast whatever's on 103.7 yeah, goes out on the I mean, AM station I just, as well. I discourage anybody. I don't, I don't think anybody's got an AM radio anymore. <laughs> and second of all, AM, uh, you're, you're going to get a better tone, a better sound on FM right. all the time. And uh, AM also uh, drops off at night precipitously. You, you can't pick it up outside the city limits of Columbia at night. Okay. Uh, whereas FM is a is a good clear yeah. signal all the way to the county line, night and day, all weather. Yeah, I was just, I just, I thought so, it was so. just interesting when I first was hired here that you know we we maintain that that AM because I know the FM is a lot better station, a lot stronger station. And stuff. Well, that that and happened before. Was, yeah, that yeah. happened before I bought the stations. The uh, FCC apparently had a a window for a while where if you were AM, you could also get an FM signal, and which the prior owners did. And um, uh, so it's it's still there, and, and the way the FCC licensed it uh, was that you, you would you would simulcast. You'd have mm-hmm. same thing on the AM band as as on the FM band. And uh, actually, now they've changed the rules. We could, we were, as I understand it, we're required to keep the AM on, but we could actually put different programming on it if mm-hmm. we want. But I. I well, I mean, the thing will go down for days, and we don't even go out there and fix it. Nobody calls, you know. That's the AM side. Well, yeah, I, I tell you, I, I'm extremely happy and pleased that we're able to have a show like the Big Yellow School Bus, and then you have like things like History's Hook. Um, Mike, help me out. There's some other talk shows that you have on the on the radio that are well. We got three dudes with a view uh, yep, three every, dudes morning. every morning. Uh, now this is on both. I mean, yeah. we're talking about it on both stations. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three dudes is on WKOM. And Sheila, what are you on on Fridays frequently? Well, I don't know. Does it have a name? It's, it's, it's uh, in, inside Middle Tennessee with Jim it. Ross. Yeah. yeah, and that's uh, that's on uh, our sister station FM one hundred one point seven. Yeah, that's been around for a long time. That show, uh, but that's the longest running show that we have on either station. I think. Yeah. It's really amazing to to hear all these different shows. Um, we have Tom Price that does History's Hook, and also your newscaster, right? Tom does news, uh, 7.30 in the morning. Uh, both stations rebroadcast every evening at 5. Yeah. The, I both mean, stations. It's great. And when I talked about my hats that I wear, um, something that was interesting, when I came to Delk with Blood Assurance before I even started with the school district, um, Delk's like, you need anything on the air, you just come tell me, send me an email, send me a text. And every time I have, you've jumped at the opportunity to make sure that the listening audience knew that there was a need or something. So, well, that's that's I see that as our job, Jack. I mean, churches, schools, charities, sports, green yeah. space, education, uh, you name it. We 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 are this community's booster. That's the role that we want to play, and uh, that doesn't just come from me. I, I think most of you know I have a, a legacy with media. My great granddad James I. Finney purchased the Daily Herald in 1900, and then my Granddad James, John Finney was the uh, he James I was editor and publisher. My granddad John Finney was editor and publisher, and then my dad Sam Kennedy was editor and publisher. But James I is the one who said, you know, you've got to reflect the values of your community, and you've got to support your community, and that's been passed down from generation to generation. And it doesn't make any difference whether it's newspaper or radio. Same thing. So. Uh, that that is our rule, and you know, as I say, front porch radio. We are we call ourselves front porch radio, but what front porch radio means connecting this community, uh, one listener, uh, one uh, one person at a time. And so, 
And you actually have a great front porch here at the studio. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and, that's, and I've seen you broadcast from the front porch. That is part of our marketing um, approach. Man, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, um, I don't want Sheila to sit here and go, when do I get to talk? Cause, you no, know, I'm just quitting. You, you love to tell your stories, don't you, Sheila? Oh, yes, I can tell. So, Sheila, I'll, I'll, I'll start off. Some of which are true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll start out with asking, tell us a little bit about your history and where you were at. I know that you were an English and language arts teacher for many years. Oh, yes. I, I taught school for 33 years. I graduated from... Central in 1965, and I just cried and cried at graduation because I was leaving school and I loved school. Mm. And Miss Mary I never Graham, went through that, Sheila. <laughs> Miss Mary Graham, Me who was my senior English teacher and and later was my colleague. And she was a legend. Oh, I love Miss Graham. I just can't tell you how much I love Miss Graham. Anyway, she said. Don't cry, Sheila. She said, "You can come back." And I look up that as look upon that as a prophecy. So I went <laughs> went to, went to Lipscomb, majored in English, came back, and Mister Hardison, who had been my principal, who was of Carter Creek origin, just like the like me, and uh, Mister Hardison hired me. Well, I guess Mister Cox really hired me. And Mr. Ed Cox had been the superintendent from the time I was in the fifth grade all the way through till Lamar uh, got him involved in, and he went to, to be the commissioner of education. So I thought I was really doing something, and I taught right next door to Miss Graham. And I was so happy. I just loved it. And nobody gave me any kind of directions. Mr. Hardison had known me most of my life, and he said, here you go, Sheila, here's the key to room 106. I think it was six then, and there are your books. And for years and years and years, that's all the direction I had. There was nobody standing over me with a test. There was nobody evaluating how I was teaching. There was nobody telling me what to do. I just knew how to do it. And approximately <clears throat> what year was that when you went back to, to work? 69. In 1969? Mm-hmm. Now, that was a traumatic year in this county because that is the year they closed Carver Smith. And I look back on that with with mixed feelings. I am so sorry for those children who came from Carver Smith and lost part of their world. They lost their band. They lost their all their ball teams. They lost all their um, academic things. They just lost everything. And I, that old federal judge, I used to know his name, and this was the result of a lawsuit. I know there's a lot more that goes to this. But that old federal judge didn't give a hoot about those children. He just thought he was doing right, and in, and he probably was doing right for that that particular time. But those children were dispossessed. But they turned out to be some of the nicest children I ever taught. Yeah, we talked about that not just recently, Black History Month. We uh, yeah. talked a little bit about the school and some of the uh, activities that took place back in that time. It, it was really hard for them, and and it was it was different for me. I'd never gone to school with any black folks. I knew one black girl at Lipscomb. 
I never gone to school with any black folks, so it was an education for me. And I, I tell my students that I see about town, my former students, I say, after all this mess about critical race theory, whatever that is, I never have exactly decided. But when I see them about, I say, I hope that I never said anything out of the way that made you feel less comfortable with me because I loved all my children I just with one it's sort of like I loved all my teachers with one or two exceptions and I loved all my students with one or two exceptions <laughs> and and those, those children those first children I taught both black and white are still so special to me they are just they just turned out right well in spite of all the societal ills that were visited upon them yeah, that was an interesting time period, um, you know, late 60s, early 70s, all the things that were taking place. Um, and it's, it, I like how you said it, you loved all your children. And you went on to teach for many years, right? Do you have any things that stood out in those early years well, and, uh, that you'd like to share? Uh, well, I, lo- I like this. I tell this. I used to tell this till I'd just worn it out. I've told it to dozens and dozens of times. Well, children, I probably have never heard it. So. Well, I don't know. I may have said <laughs> it before. But the children would say, when I started teaching, they would say, Ooh, Miss Higman, you sure are old. Well, I wasn't. <laughs> I, was, I was just 22 then. But as the years went by, they'd say, Ooh, Miss Higman, you sure are old. And I would say, Yes, I'm 45, and that's more than you'll make on your report card this six weeks. <laughs> but now it wouldn't work because in a few days I'll be 75. That means they'd make a D. But I thought that that was really – I thought it was funny. They probably thought it was corny, but that's all right. But my – I wanted – I taught mostly American literature. I really have taught all language arts from 5 to 12 but I really love teaching American literature did, because did you, uh, Sheila, did you make them read? I call it "Lust in the Dust." Uh, William Faulkner. We read the Unvanquished. I mean, uh, to me, that was just nothing more than torture for high school. Well, it's absolutely, <laughs> and I don't think it's good literature because you can't understand it. Well, if you can't understand it. It's not good literature. Now, stream of consciousness is not for high school children. It's too hard. And, and uh, Joyce and Faulkner and yeah, I, I mean, just. It's torture. And, and you, you have to really. I talk. If to, nobody understands what the heck they're saying, then why is it good literature? Well, the un- and this was back in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Unvanquished is Faulkner. It's seven loosely connected chapters about two little boys, a little black boy and a little white boy, growing up in the Civil War times, and it is so full of good history and good points. It says, Faulkner said, oh, I didn't know I was a little white boy, and he didn't know he was a little black boy either. We were like two feathers riding above a storm. And that that is so typical of so many things now. But I type the unvanquished every year. I'm, you're not going to sell me on Faulkner. Well, not. you need to read that. You would like the short story part. The, it's just... Episodic but, um, there. You, know, you would Ernest, like that. Ernest Hemingway, I can understand, you know. And yeah. Then, uh, Shane, he's, he's great. Hemingway, Hemingway is a man's man. That's, that's, that's true. That's, that's it. True, his, true it, that. And his editorial style, his journalistic style is much easier to read. 
Yeah, it's just, entertaining. Yeah, uh, it's by Chase uh, And then my other favorite thing to teach was the Scarlet Letter. Oh, there's another torture. And it, <laughs> oh, you would have loved it in my class. We have, I like having oh, the two of you on the show. We have more fun with the Scarlet Letter, and I always say, I know more about the Scarlet Letter than Nathaniel Hawthorne ever dreamed of. And the, uh, and the children enjoyed it to the point that they just couldn't wait to get there the next day. I had one student. and he, Wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. I had one <laughs> student who's, who, who has this long story that goes with him. But he, he would get so excited that whatever we were reading, if it were Faulkner or if it were Hawthorne or if it were something else, he would call me at home and he would say, Miss Hickman, Miss Hickman, I just can't wait till tomorrow. Could you please tell me what this is? Or could you, <laughs> could we talk about this for a minute? And th- th- that was the highest compliment to me that somebody was that interested in what we were doing. And did, did you make them read Shakespeare? Well, I didn't teach British okay, literature. Okay. I did teach. Well, I'll take that back. I taught 10th grade English. To start with, I taught 10th grade English. So I did teach Julius Caesar. And and I liked that very much. I, I, I'd had no problem in that. Of course, I was an English major, so I'd had a great baptism in Shakespeare. Well, you know, in high school, it was just pure torture for me because I couldn't understand it. Somebody, I, I will tell you, though, somebody, when I got to college at Swanee, uh, you know, they were very much into tra- oh, yes. traditional literature at Swanee. And so I think the mandatory freshman course was Shakespeare, all Shakespeare. And I was going, oh, boy. And because uh, I'd just never been able to – it wasn't entertaining, difficult to understand. But somebody said, go over to the library, and they've got records. And you can listen to the record of the play as oh. you read along. And it totally changed the game for me because once you had inflection That's and right, meaning right. and laughter coming yeah. in, I could understand it. Oh, and, yeah. and I loved it. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. As, as a kindred spirit to her. I, was, yeah. I taught high school English uh, for 34 years as well. And, and yeah, yes, I was one of those mean old guys that taught Shakespeare. If you have that recording to go along with it, 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 it makes you be able to understand it. And the, the it's, biggest, it's awesome. It's fun. Yeah, yeah it's the funny. biggest. It's, the, it's entertaining. The biggest obstacle we had to get through was his was his language, you know, just because it's, it's, it's archaic, you know, he yeah, uses, that's he the uses, way people yeah. talk. That's You're right. That, yeah. you know, for them, it was colloquial for them. That's it was right. modern, but it, you know, for us, when, it seems archaic. Once you got past that, when you were and, able to hear laughter, yeah. anger, you know, yeah. whatever, right. then you knew what was happening and it was awesome. But, uh, well, this is this, when I was, when I had Miss Graham, this is one of my favorite Shakespeare stories. When I had Miss Graham, she and Paige were, were scheduled to take us to Nashville to see a production of Hamlet. Oh, we were in the big time. And and we had to hurry because I guess we knew about it and we had two weeks to get ready. She read us every word of Hamlet, and we memorized about three-quarters of it. And she did the inflection. She did the whole thing. Now, just imagine, Miss Graham was, a, once again, a whole story, this yes. little, little lady whose father had been superintendent of schools here who graduated from Cullioga, who was just wonderful in every way, she read that to classes five times a day. Wow. Five times a day she read that. 
And then we get, we got to go to to see a production of Hamlet. Now most of us had never seen anything like that. I certainly hadn't. And we thought we were in the big time. And besides that, we knew what they were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Great. It brings it to life. Uh, hey, I am being really told. Fun. I'm being told we got to take a break. Okay. Let our sponsors get in a word. So we'll be back um, after a word from our sponsors. All right. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Every morning, I park my car across the street from my business, and I can't wait to get in there. That's pretty common for small business owners. We have the added satisfaction, however, of guiding hundreds of families with their retirement, education, savings, and general investments. We're a locally owned business that tries very hard to simplify a complicated world. This is Monty Sneed from Caledonian Financial in Historic downtown columbia securities and investment advisory services offered through nbc securities incorporated member finra and sipc hi i'm robert rogers at parks motor sales buick gmc and i'm michael parks lawrence at parks motor sales buick gmc together we're mr bobby parks grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community being family owned and operated we invest heavily in our community we do things like sports teams schools bands you name it we try to help everybody we can the reason why we do this is because we all love this community so so come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Our company, The Garbage Man Incorporated, has been advertising on WKOM and WKRM for years now, and as a result, our company has really grown. Now we're looking for young, healthy, hardworking people to grow with us. We are in need of drivers and helpers. We pay serious money. So if you like outside work and want to work for a great local company, call me at 931-540-0919 and let's talk. Folks, Barry Rankin is your hometown grocer. He's at Foodland right here in Columbia, Tennessee, downtown Columbia, Tennessee, right here on West 7th Street. Barry, uh, happy Wednesday. What's going on at Foodland this week? Uh, everything's going so good so far. We've got some pretty decent specials this week. we got whole boneless ribeyes for five ninety nine a pound, which is pretty good. Oh, boy. Uh, pork spare ribs, $1.99 a pound. Got red, white, or black seedless grapes, $1.99 a pound. Sirloin pork roast, of course, $1.99 a pound. And if you're looking for a corned beef brisket for St. Patrick's Day, we have those also for $6.99 a pound. Most of your specials run Wednesday to close the business next Tuesday. Talk about your days and hours, Barry. Okay. We're conveniently open seven days a week from 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Barry, have a great week at Foodland. We'll visit you again next week, if not sooner. Okay. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good day. 
Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Man, I love that song. I say that almost every time. It's a great it's a song. Cheerful song. It is. It's a beautiful Thursday at morning in Columbia, Tennessee. It's March 10th, recording the show. Um, we're here with Sheila Hickman, uh, English and language arts retired teacher, and Delk Kennedy, the owner and operator of Kennedy Broadcasting, WKOM and WKRM. Morning, Sheila and Jack. Good to be here. Man, before the break, we were talking a little bit about Shakespeare, which I, I had the experience that Duck was explaining where they, they you have to have some inflection and some motion into it to really get into it. And our our teacher made us kind of act out That's some of good. the Shakespeare. And it helped me understand it and learn it and remember it. Because if that had been just reading a book, uh, real boring, you know, because as high school students, you're like, okay, that was fun. Right, Mike? <laughs> you're yeah. like, <laughs> Which we were also during the break, we were talking about, you know, uh, what Sheila taught was American literature. And um, among other things they used to torture us with in high school was Moby Dick. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't and, think I had that one. Yeah, and Sheila, Sheila said, well, you know, it's really great. It, it's what you, there's like a 110 page description where the dude is on the inside of the whale, the whale. and he <laughs> describes the stomach, the tongue, the teeth. I don't know whatever's was in there. I didn't and, ever read that. Well, I didn't either. I checked it all later. I think I bought the cliff notes after I bought the, read the first <laughs> that 10 one, that pages. One is a t- that one is a tough one it for, is for, tough. for high school yeah. kids to, well, to what, stay with. You know, I don't, if, if you can't read it and it's not entertaining, why is it good literature? Well, now that you get into allegory there, Melville said, I've written a wicked book and I feel as gentle as a lamb. And it's all about good and evil. Well, good for him. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but that that's why some of us are English majors and some of us are not. I, you know, I could teach English for the. I could. I told them when they they're desperate for teachers. Everybody knows that. I said, "Well, I can come and teach if you would like me to teach. I can teach for another twenty or thirty years if I live that long." And I said, "There are three things, maybe four. One is you'll have to hire somebody to grade my papers because I'm through grading papers, and the other is I have to go to the beauty shop on Thursday morning." And then I have to go to Kiwanis on Friday, and I have to pick Ellie Grace up at Baker. <laughs> That's the most important, your granddaughter. Right. <laughs> I said, so if you can figure out how you can do that, then I will be glad to come teach for you. But uh, I, I do feel like the the younger teachers are, are are having a hard time, not only because of the testing factor, but also because they... They may not have the same notion about teaching that we did. Some people think teaching is a calling, sort of like being called to preach. And we've all known people who answered the wrong telephone. They just they should have done something. Say it ain't so. They just should have done something. Else. It was a wrong number. It was. It was. But for my class, we're we're getting ready. The class of 1965 is getting ready for our 57th reunion. We meant to have 55, but COVID got in the way. And out of that group, more of us are teachers. I guess we'd say we're teachers than almost anything else. We have a Catholic nun. We have a 
Lady Methodist minister. We got doctors and lawyers and Indian chiefs. But a great many of us turned out to be teachers because we saw that as a way of giving back to the world. And there are probably a few of them that wanted to get back into the schools like you did. Oh, I just couldn't. I thought that was, I, I made $5,700 the first year I taught oh school. Oh, my goodness. I know. And that was enough to buy three new cars. I know. I had a new Pontiac. And the idea, <laughs> the idea though, that I, I taught, it was into my second year before I got home with $500. And I thought I was rich. But I was having so much fun teaching. I probably would have just taught for free if they'd give me a little gas money. Sheila, have you have you been across the street to Oaks and Nichols and uh, seen the old composites from Central yes, on the wall over yes, there? Yes, there is the class of '65 there. No, but Tony and I are working on it. It's Tony Sal, yeah. Buddy was in my class, and and he has a place on the wall for the class of '65. Eddie's class is over there, and Susie's in that class, and so. Tony Sal accosts me regularly about when we're going to get our composite over there. Do you know where it is? We don't have one. Okay. We Somebody has to make those. Those recent ones, somebody's made those. Eddie happened to know someone who did that, and he made the one for the class of 69. Are the pictures available? Yeah. Okay. They can take the annual and, and make those. Okay. Make Just those nice. Place them all together? Yeah. Does anybody yeah. know what happened to the original composite, or was it ever one? They didn't do that in in the. They did it in the old central, but they never did it when we moved to Experiment Station Lane. Okay, okay. but they're doing it now. Okay, they're doing it now. It's like a class picture. Yeah, yeah. Composite. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. The composite is where you put everybody on one yeah. big frame. Right. You know, yeah. their course, name and the teacher's name, principal. Of course, now you got to have it really, really big. Yeah, yeah, deposit to get it. Yeah, five hundred <laughs> students. But well, the, for those of you um, who haven't, uh, Tony Sal over at Oaks and Nichols says, and Susie and Sal, uh, they have a huge number of composites from. Are they all from Central? Yes, and they and the reason they're there is because Frank Sal rescued them. There were probably others that went by the wayside, or that somebody's got in their ass. Tony's or Tony's dad. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Frank. Frank's class is over there, and I'm not sure how far back they go. But uh, but of recent years, people have decided they wanted their class up there, and and the class of '65's got a spot. We just don't have the picture made. And folks, that's I, I mean, Tony keeps that open to the public. If you want to see it, just drop on by anytime. It's right in the lobby, right? Uh, no, no, go it's, in the back. It's it's back in the back, in the back where the sort of the kitchen and the restrooms and all that are. Okay, yeah, the uh, yeah. Kalioka volunteer or the Kalioka Fire Department uh, over there by their soccer field and their baseball field, uh, they have all of theirs, I believe. Yeah, uh, they from, would from uh, nineteen twenty four on, and, and they got them around the station for Kalioka yeah, for Kalioka's they, classes. They were smarter than we were. Well, they were also a lot smaller. It was a yeah. lot easier. Oh, yeah. When you look back at 1924, you're looking at five, six people yeah. <laughs> yeah. on the Small composite. Yeah. yeah, Which would include my granddad, John Finney. He was from Kalioka? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's an interesting story that uh, I think, Sheila, you'd love this. Uh, they lived on uh, Water Valley Road. Yeah. And my granddad, uh, this was he was born in 1900. And the school is in the same place that it is now. Uh, it's just when they redid it, I think it's been rebuilt twice. Yeah, I believe that's since right. Since then, but it, they just always just torn it down, rebuilt it right there in the same place. Uh, matter of fact, when they tore down the first one, uh, 
the, my great granddad, uh, James Affinney, gave the speech, and his speech was in the, in the cornerstone when they tore it down. But uh, granddad, would, it was about three miles, maybe two miles from their home to the school, and this is 1912. My granddad would ride his pony to school, and they had, I mean, a lot of kids did. They, they had a stable. They had a stable, and yeah. they had a stable where the kids could could keep their pony or their horse and go to school. And the 1912 tornado is a very famous event yes. in Calioco. And uh, I've heard about it from two or three different angles. It, it happened in the afternoon just as school let out, and Granddad was riding his pony on the way home. And he said, well, no big deal. I saw a barn. I went over there sat in the hall and watched the tornado go by. And uh, Ms. Peoples, who I believe, Tommy Peoples, y'all may know Tommy. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's his grandmother. She was killed like maybe 150 or 200 yards from where Granddad was sitting in the barn on his pony. And then the other way I've heard the story related is that my Uncle Jim Finney, who was younger, he was seven. Yeah. And he was at home with my great-grandmother and he was, she was looking out the window, and Uncle Jim remembered being terrified, hanging onto her skirts and watching the tornado go by. And she's going, "Oh, John, John, I hope John's okay." You know? <laughs> and of course, Granddad was just—he wasn't bothered at all. He was just sitting in there watching it go by. <laughs> well, yeah, it was entertainment, you know. And then he rode his pony on home. So hey, that's tales from Calioka, but. Uh, I yeah. like it. Well, it's you know, it's hard to imagine where you know a lot of kids rode their. I mean, See, I would have never thought that somebody would ride their pony to school. Oh, yeah. Because I have never seen that on any context or heard it before. So well, that's, oh, yeah. that's really 1912, cool. there are very few automobiles in that's 1912. Right. True. That's yeah. right. But, but my uh, great-granddad com- was the editor, James I, before he bought the paper, and then he did a stint there after, afterward, was the editor of the Nashville Tennessean. Yeah. He would get on the train right, in yeah. Calioka and ride it right down there to, to the depot that's still there across the street from Tennessee and do his job, ride the train on. Wow. So we were commuting <laughs> before it was stylish. <laughs> and can you imagine, you know, good evening, Mr. Finney. You know, well, could, could I bring you something, Mr. Finney? You know, <laughs> trains were a little different back then, too. But the, the idea that... Of course, that that an education was so important that you would do what you had to do to get there. Now, now my my family went to to uh, my daddy's family. My went to school at Beach Grove, and they if, if some some they were there were a lot of them. My grandmother had eleven children, and they walked to school. And they wanted a bridge across the creek, and they oh, had to hop across sound, the rocks. You sound like my daddy. We had to ride <laughs> that old school bus and had a pot billy stove in oh, the back. Yeah. That's the only way we kept warm but keeping the fire. We just saw all the depression. Uphill both ways. Yeah, uphill both ways. And if you oh. lived in the northern hemisphere like I grew up, it yeah. was oh. in the snow yeah. both ways. Say, so, Daddy, what was the happiest time of your life? Well, growing up in Kettlebells. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> but anyway, 
but that was that was an education was so important that our our grandparents and our, our great grandparents our families share that that yes, is they, always job one educate yeah. your children yeah mm-hmm. you've got to know how to do something in this world you that, just that is the most important thing you just can't can't depend on the world. The world does not owe you give, give them the best education you can possibly give them, then throw them out. That's right. And you better go to work when you get a degree. You uh, better not stand, uh, uh, not stand around waiting for don't, some. Don't come back. No, don't come. Work, work, work. Did they have a lot of opportunities in the days when you were teaching for vocational things to be able to leave high school and get a great job right out of high school? Well, we had, they built the vocational building. This was real stylish in the early 70s. Okay. And I think they're trying to make it stylish again. That is definitely on the rebound. Yes, it is. That's a whole other show. There are a lot of very exciting things happening. Yes. Primarily uh, centered around uh, Hohenwall and um, Mount Pleasant. Plasky. Well, Mount Pleasant is in the middle. The TCAT program. The TCAT programs are those. Yeah, they're okay. Different subject. Career and technical education. I I really have a big. All right. This is what we had to begin with. We had cosmetology, we had welding. We had electronics. We may have had some other kind of construction. Oh, we, at one time we we had construction. Mr. Randolph Howell and his boys built a house. That's what they did. For their project for, their, for the year. That was their coursework. They built a house. They built the first ambulance service building over at the back of the hospital. They don't use that use it for something else now but they he taught them everything mr randolph has another story mm-hmm. but but they, he taught them everything and those boys knew how to do plumbing and electrical and all the things that go into a house and and today those jobs are available yes. and pay well yes they do and then we had uh Electronics. My old friend Robert Taylor, who's passed away, he was the grandest man. He was sort of a pioneer in radio and television around here, and and I, uh, many of those boys that he taught went on to the service, and they became electronic geniuses and did all this stuff uh, because they got the basics of electronics. And he even taught a summer course. And then Butch Powell taught uh, auto mechanics, and I know personally of a young man who went through that program and who now owns his own shop and is an excellent mechanic, thanks to Butch Powell. Oh, I, I mean, you know, and folks, I mean, my mechanic I had here for years, uh, you know, had an airplane down at Murray Regional Airport, uh, went duck hunting every winter, and I think retired at 55. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I mean, that, there, then, there are opportunities yeah. out there. Absolutely. And then we had cosmetology, and Elaine actually taught that for a long time. And do you know who Nelson Andrews was? Yes, I Okay, sure did. well, Nelson. Did he have a Burry County connection? I didn't realize well, that. Well, he was here from time to time. I sort of knew him. And Nelson Andrews said, if everybody in Tennessee who took cosmetology became a cosmetologist, we'd be the prettiest state in the union. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a quick aside. This is way off course, but, the, you know, I worked as a federal prosecutor all those years, and the DEA Drug Enforcement Administration came in one day, and they had a case where this fellow graduated from the National School of Cosmetology. And I don't know, his name was, was Ralph Jones, you know. And so he goes in to see the secretary 
before he graduates, and he goes, well, my, my full name is Dr. Ralph Jones. And so she dutifully puts that on the diploma. Well, he sends that down to Atlanta, and they issue him a license to write prescriptions. And he doesn't just order a little bit of the stuff. He starts ordering from wholesalers caseloads. <laughs> and, oh, and, and And, and I, I said, now, look, do you really want the public to know what happened here? Do you really? Why don't you just revoke this license and move on? They finally saw the wisdom of that. Yeah. So, all right. That's a side story. <laughs> and the, wow. The, well, there's no Just by somebody the, writing it. Yeah. We, no, you started at the bottom if you started at the top. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. All right. Anyway, back, <laughs> that was funny, though. Back to cosmetology. Yeah. But uh, and, and some of those people did go on to be cosmetologists, and but I do think that we have we we started that career readiness stuff, but I don't think we ever followed through with it as we should. Have. Sheila, it's T. What is T. Tennessee College for some technology. There are some really exciting things yeah. going on in that at Bill Tennessee right now. Yeah. It's sorely needed and it's not just cosmetology. I mean, it's it's nurses for instance. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it's just it, an excellent opportunity for for people and we all know although all of us went to school for various and sundry reasons, we all know that we're going to need people who can fix our cars. I want somebody who can fix my hair. I want somebody to work on my refrigerator. I want the nurse to be competent when she checks my blood pressure. We can we can cultivate that right here. There are opportunities. Columbia State has a a, a lineman program. Going. Yes, they do. Yeah. And I mean, they get high, every one of them gets hired at good pay. Yeah, and they can go just about anywhere with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love the career and technical educations that we're. Providing now, yeah. I mean, yeah. Murray Schools is in that, aren't they, Jack? They're oh my gosh, yes, yes, okay. big time. Yeah, um, I, we could have a whole show talking about all the different things that go on in I know CTE. Ryan, particularly, Ryan Jackson has talked a whole He's lot about a, career education. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Well, Ryan Jackson, Doctor Ryan Jackson, yeah, yeah, he is he is spot on. He 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 forms a lot of partnerships out there, at Mount Pleasant. right, with businesses. And, yeah, absolutely. So to, so actually, said so, you know, what do you need? And then yeah. often the businesses will donate the equipment or maybe even some time from some of their people and then he'll graduate uh, kids who are good to go right into the workplace yeah absolutely and it's great that this was happening in the 70s yeah and that's why she was right though it was more ham hand in the 70s like they didn't look around and see how many cosmetologists Uh, uh, were actually needed i I remember it yeah yeah, i don't know where they got the list but uh i do know that the electronics and and the um Automobile, automotive things. I know that they went very well, and as did the welding and the metals. That's what they call that they, metals. They, they really, when they first started, Sheila, my recollection is though they really weren't getting out into the business community uh-uh. and saying, "What do you need?" They uh-uh. were just sort of saying, which they are doing now. Yes, yeah. definitely, they're doing that, that at Central that. High. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're doing that at Mount Pleasant High. They're doing that at TCAT. They're doing it. Yeah. I think uh, Mike is telling me we got to go for a break. So we'll be back with Sheila Hickman, Del Kennedy, Mike Lyle, and myself after a word from our sponsors. Well, we've talked about everything in the world. <laughs>
Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Hey, this is George Plaster. I'm fired up. The good folks at WKRM 1037 on the FM dial have asked me to be a part of a special Mule Day Parade broadcast. I'll be working with George Hamilton V and Lewis Maddox. It's Saturday, April the 2nd at 11 in the morning. George, you got a great first name. Can't wait to work with you. Well, George Plaster, you got a great first name, too. And I am so happy that we're going to be here on the front porch of Front Porch Radio at the corner of Walker and West 7th Street in beautiful downtown Columbia, Tennessee, with George Plaster, George Hamlet V, and Big Lou Maddox. You can listen on the radio or online at WKRMRadio.com. The parade is back, everybody. It's going to be a huge celebration. Join us on the front porch. It's going to be a blast. It's a tradition in Columbia, Mule Day. Join us. It'll be fun. I guarantee it. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Through March and April, Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram gives thanks to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. By donating $150 for every vehicle sold, Columbia CDJR is committed to the hospital's mission of providing quality care at no cost to the families. Located at 106 South James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to continue our partnership with St. Jude. If you are searching for your next new vehicle, visit the team in-store or online at ChryslerColumbia.com. Protect what matters most. You can count on us. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Let's talk custom design jewelry. Did you know Tillis Jewelry in downtown Columbia creates custom design jewelry and has been for over 30 years? From one-of-a-kind engagement rings to wedding bands and so much more. We want each piece to be as unique as you are and create a family heirloom for tomorrow. Call today and make an appointment with one of our designers. And just for calling, you will receive a free 30-minute consultation. Tillis Jewelry, creating custom jewelry proudly in Tennessee. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus brought to you by Caledonian Financial. Delk, it's Thursday, it's March 10th, and what did they just say in the weather report this morning that I see? Uh, Snowflakes on the daffodils. Snowflakes (laughs) on the daffodils are going to be happening Friday, so if you're out and about Friday, please stay safe and be careful. It should all melt the next day, right? Yeah, usually these these spring snows just are not even a problem for driving. Right. Right. The ground's hot. The ground's too warm, yeah. Well, yeah, it's just slush usually. 
Uh, so sometimes you get a hard freeze, and there you go. Well, I, I think it'd be interesting people li- going back and listening to the podcast. Which I thank you for setting up the podcast for the show. Sure, it's became very popular because people can listen to it on their own time. Yeah. Um, after we air it on the radio, we go ahead and uh, Mike uploads it to the your website frontporchradiotn.com, and the podcast is available. And there's yeah. a long list of the shows. Um, if you haven't caught one and you see a title that catches you, just Turn yeah, these young people know how to just go, Alexa or Siri, play Yellow School Bus. Yeah. Everybody's Alexa and Siri just said, what do you need? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just go, play it, play Yellow School Bus, and boom, there you go. Yeah, and, and surprisingly, Apple has picked it up. And I, my understanding was it's really hard to get a podcast on Apple. Oh. And it picks up right on my Apple iPhone. Oh, wow. my work, and I thought that was pretty impressive. How so, modern. So thank you for all that you've done. Well, for I had nothing to do with Apple. And, <laughs> no, no, but you got the podcast online. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was mentioned earlier about the original programs, and you have th- this show, The Big Yellow School Bus. You have History's Hook, Three Dudes with a View, Chandler Anderson Show, and Steam Powered Radio Hour. And we did something now, really unique with the steam power. Actually, steam power radio. Our, I guess the podcast is still up there. We're, we're not. You're not, not doing that one anymore. Not doing anymore. But I mean, if somebody wants to, we'd have to talk about it. We, uh, is that the one we we took out to Mount Pleasant Middle School? Yeah, that went was live George, Hamil- the George Hamilton. Yeah, and, uh, they were they were uh, you know they they're. Uh, Let's see their their project for the year. I think down there was Americana music. It was, and uh, that's George Hamilton V's specialty. He has right. uh, two programs on this on this on these stations now. One okay, on, one on this station, one on WKOM, and uh, so you know what George did was go down there and help teach the children about uh, Americana music, and 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 uh, they uh, a lot of them performed, sang. Played instruments oh, good. and yeah, so it was, it was it was a lot of fun. I'd love to do it again if somebody wants to do it. That was a fun show. I enjoyed hearing the music part of yeah. it um, and them playing their instruments and and belting out some songs. Yeah, it was, it was a little difficult to do during COVID because the school did have yeah. COVID protocols and didn't we have to each be in separate rooms? Yeah, something and they had us and I couldn't even see the other people on the show. <laughs> yeah, and I could maybe turn a little bit and see somebody through a window and and it was kind of interesting to do a show where you and were in we could different do, parts. If we could of do it now where everybody could get together in one place. It, it would be a yeah. better show. It would be better because I think there was a little bit of a disconnect about who was going to talk next. You gonna, yeah. We have eye contact here on the on the radio show, and we can see each other, and we know what's going on. Well, not just that. Getting everybody together will create more, I don't know what, uh, Conversation. fun. Conversation. Fun, yeah. Well, that, you also have an energy and an atmosphere. That, yeah, the energy. You, you that's the right word. repeat. That's, Which is, that's, that's, that's the right word, That's Mike. what this energy. show's been about today. And, and I want to bring up um, Randolph Howell. Um, you guys were talking, Sheila. You mentioned him. Um, uh, we ran a, a Black History Month article from um, Dr. Ford at Randolph Howell Elementary School, and it really opened my eyes. And, and the things you were saying, I would like to have a show featuring some of the the history and why did um, Randolph Howell get an elementary school named after him and as such. Maybe we could dedicate a show to that at a, at a later date. I think that would be in order. And you said you worked directly with him, right? I did. I did. He, uh, that 1969 was the year the closed Carver Smith. So the black teachers came also. And, and it was an adjustment for us, and it was certainly an adjustment for them. But one of the treasures was Mr. Randolph Howell, and he was just magnificent. He had such a way, and, and those boys took, T&I, Trades and Industry, I think they called it. 
And he was so magnificent with those young men that he just brought out the best in them. He was such a good example. He was a fine Christian man. He was Catholic. And he just brought out the best in them. And once I had, this may be my favorite story about Mr. Howell, once I had this old boy, and I don't know what was wrong with him, he wouldn't do right. He, I don't know, I guess I'd probably called his mother and done everything I knew how to do. And then I discovered he was in Mr. Howell's place. So I went over to the vocational building, and I said, Mr. Howell, this young man is just troublesome. I wonder if you could give me a, some help or tell me something that I could do better for this child. And he said, well, Miss Hickman, he said, um, I will talk to him. He said, sometimes when I talk to those boys, I use the Bible. And he said, if that doesn't work, I have another book I use. <laughs> I, never, I didn't ask what the book was, but I got the point. And, and sure enough, that young man straightened up because— uh, The Board of Education. That's right. Uh, Applied Mr. to the seat of knowledge. Oh. Uh, but Mr. Howell just had that demeanor about him. He was very soft-spoken, very—and I'm sure he hooped and hollered when those boys did something wrong. But as uh, his demeanor among us and as a professional was just— wonderful and his wife was just beautiful miss camille and we could talk about her too i knew her also well that would be a great show and maybe we could um, get joanne mcclellan and yourself and anybody else we think doug you'd be welcome to come on board and and participate in that show i think it would be good to hear yes and it's just basic uh primary uh historic work uh, yeah it's the it's the stuff that that happens that is put in archives, and it's the basic research that historians later come back to uh, when they're seeking an understanding. Uh, Fifty years, hundred years, hundred fifty years, and so that work. If you did a show like that, I'm sure Tom Price would put it in the archives. I was just thinking about and, Tom Price and, too. And and fifty years from now, when somebody wants to talk about uh, when Murray County Schools first integrated, that basic research mm-hmm. will be there. Yeah. Well, I'm being told we got just about four minutes, three, four minutes left. So we're going to transition over to our typical um, ending of the Big Yellow School Bus, and that is the shout-outs. So, Miss Sheila Hickman, do you have a shout-out you'd like to give today? Well, this is sort of a group shout-out. I am always so proud to see my former students who have remained here as good folks as good professionals, as good parents, as good examples, as good citizens. And I am always so proud to see the ones who have remained here. This is their home and they have made it a better place. And I could not list all the, I taught about 3,000 children, give or take one or two. But I am always so delighted to see them at the courthouse are where are in a shop or working at a store because they are contributing members of society and I like to think maybe I had just a tiny bit to do with it. I bet you did. Doug, do you have a shout out for today? Well, I want to shout out to you, Jack Cobb, and to this show. And Murray County Schools are part of the fabric of our lives. They're important to all of us, whether we have children in school or not. Uh certainly you know, here at uh, Kennedy Broadcasting, and almost anybody I might hire is going to be a product of Murray County Public Schools. It's important. And this uh, show, Big Yellow School Bus, helps us know what's going on, stay connected, and uh, 
So shout out. Thank you. I appreciate that shout out, Delk. And Coach Mike Lau. Yeah, I got uh, got a couple of them. Uh, first, I want to shout out to Delk and to Clayton uh, for actually just giving me a chance to start a new career, almost uh, you know, g- give me a hobby that I get paid for. Well, to tell thank you. The you. Truth. <laughs> thank uh, you, Mike. You know, for all coming you out, of, out of 34 years of education, I had absolutely no knowledge of how the radio business ran. And this has been the last neither, two neither years. Neither did I two years ago. <laughs> so the last couple of years has been a, been a great education for me, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. It's uh, a also, great fun team. Also, I'm going to extend, part of it. I'm gonna extend uh, another shout-out to Jack for, for letting me uh, kind of be the sidekick on this show. Uh, that Because I do get to keep my toe in the water, you know, in my first love, education. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, I appreciate the, the, the opportunities that, uh, I've had since, since I retired, I, I love the teaching. I love being with the kids and the colleagues and stuff, but, uh, I've been able to turn a page and, and you all have been able to, to, to make that such a, a, a great turn for me. Well, I'm going to stay with the theme and my shout out. And that was the shout out, um, WKRM, WKOM. Front Porch Radio, TN.com, Del Kennedy, and your entire staff here. And Jack, Mike, thank you. It's an honor to have you on the show with me. And, and you know, when we first started, you just sat there. And I'm like, <laughs> one day I just said, um, do you want to say something? And so my shout-out is back, right back at you guys. So thank you so much for hosting the Big Yellow School Bus, for making it a popular podcast, and everything you do for the community. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jack. Well, that's it for this edition of the Big Yellow School Bus. Sheila, thanks for coming. Delk, Mike, Thank you. always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And we will be back next week with some great guests on the Big Yellow School Bus. There we go. Budden, budden. <laughs>